Welcome to uh, Crypto Sparta podcast episode four. We're gonna just kick it off with Gabe uh, talking where the market's at. A lot of green, a lot of uh, green up. candles. A lot a of lot. green candles in the market. Yeah, it's looking good, guys. Uh, it's the first time we've done a podcast where it's been looking this good. So we've like exciting. weirdly been hitting like the yeah resistance or a lot of liquidations, and I think that I mean we're over. Even Bitcoin's doing well. Dude, all our personals are doing better, and that's yeah. That, the altcoins are on fire right now. Yeah. Yeah, are we now in alt season? Has it become? Oh, now that now that's May. I mean, now I taxes are over. People one. are getting refunds. I mean, the stimulus checks. Yep. People are just staying on unemployment, and I I've been trying to run Crypto Sparta and get it up, and people are the amount of excitement is increased where. It's not about me or what I'm doing. Just in general, people are just talking about it. I mean, we're going to go forward, though, and go kind of like into some of the off the beaten road stuff because people need to learn the next level stuff of the idea of like parachain and like phantom, Binance, Ethereum. A lot of people don't understand the differences. Can you talk about it, Gabe? Yeah, so there's different chains, right? Um, so Bitcoin's on its own chain. Ethereum's has its own chain. Um, Binance has its own chain. And now there's a new one. Now there's new ones coming out like Solana and Phantom. Phantom is a very fast, a very scalable chain. So it's kind of it's kind of like an upgrade on ETH basically. And so is Solana. Same kind of idea. Um, both very promising have big bags of those, but there's also these cross-chain kind of bridges that can bridge from Ethereum to, you know, Opera Chain, which is Phantom's native chain, or, you know, like Binance Chain to whatever, to, to Opera Chain or to Ethereum Chain. There's some pretty sophisticated ones out there. And that really is kind of like an untouched part of the market that people don't really care about yet until maybe the last few days, so... And I mean, we got a lot of progress going on there. The crazy thing is, I think that like, it's interesting to say that just because there are going to be more chains and more swaps, you know, like these swap tokens, uh, that's not a bearish case for Ethereum, Ethereum, Uniswap, uh, Phantom, Spooky Swap, you know, uh, I know Solana has, I think Mango Markets, everything has a swap, everything has its own chain. But someone gave the analogy, uh, just because humans are going to go to Mars doesn't mean that it's a bearish case for Earth. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like all these new chains can exist in an ecosystem and Ethereum is still going up. There's no ETH killer. ETH is pumping. It's more of like the base. Yeah, exactly. The starting off point and all these other uh, chains are... They're nibbling use cases. They're branching off of it. Yeah. And so, so from there you can have all these well, I mean, apps. We were apps. we were supposed to keep it kind of like not super uh, into crypto, but I mean the thought is, I mean, what if Phantom becomes the layer two solution for Ethereum? Yeah, I mean there are a lot of a lot of people are saying that, you know, Ethereum is going to be very strong over the next five to ten years. I, I would have to agree. A lot of very smart people are making that argument. A lot of people are calling for Solana or Binance or you know something else to take over, but 
a lot of like the really smartest people I know who are like the people like who I listen to and who I like read about are saying that basically like devs aren't going to be leaving Ethereum, you know, like projects are going to stay on Ethereum. They're not going to be leaving for Solana. They're just, that's just not really. Well, the thing that I had talked about with my friend is the idea of cryptocurrency overall is like the idea of like decentralized finance or decentralized everything. And like, you know, like it's up to the developers and it's up to like uh, the technology to take care of itself. But then you realize that in like a perfect market, there's going to be monopolists. And then in my mind, the future of cryptocurrencies is going to be probably a couple entities being in control of these networks. And there will probably be competing networks. And so the idea that Ethereum is going to dominate I think is false. And I mean, Binance, I think, I think it's backed by China and we, it's kind of conspiratorial, but I mean, do you think it's backed by the Chinese government? Wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like that, the, the owner is, you know, CZ, CZ. Yeah. CZ. He's uh he's Chinese. So, I mean, and, and how you know that there's no way that Binance does not have relations and contacts with... There's no way that Binance exists in China without talking to the government. Exactly. <laughs> Chinese are headquarters? Like, outside of China? Well... I know CZ... PR. He's, he's PR. not in... Okay. Uh, he's not in China. In China, there's no know your customer, so they're way ahead of America. There's no know your customer, but, uh, Gabe, they know your phone. They sure. know your face. No, no. There's <laughs> KYP. Okay, they know your face. That's not what that means. That's no, not KYP. what that means. So, like, so know your customer means you have to like verify their ID. I like, know. Verify. Like you don't have to but do that. But in China, they track you anyways. Well, sure. They don't I, need to identify you because they already had identified you. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying they don't need to like get copies of your IDs and stuff like you do in the U.S. That's like what's holding kind of U.S. exchanges back It really a lot. is. It There's really is. There's a ton is. of stuff that's only available on these Chinese exchanges. Do you know about the legality of getting on these exchanges? Changes, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine, right? So far. And like the Korean, but have you seen that the Korean exchanges, they were saying that Korea might crack down. You, you'll lose your precious KuCoin. That's not Korean. No? Well, it's Hong, Chinese. It, no, it's oh, Hong Kong. It's Hong Kong, oh. yeah, it's Chinese. Well, Hong Kong That's is China. now yeah. Chinese, yeah. basically. Yes, yeah, so one China. Yeah, it's yeah. scary. But uh, Balaxi is Balaxi. Chinese. No, which one's the Korean Chinese. one? Um, I don't believe really the career ones are not as beneficial to use if you're in the U.S. So really? Say, yeah. yeah. Harder to use. Like, it's harder to... I don't even know if you can. I've never even tried because they've never even been options. <laughs> so I'm, I'm looking at the outline and let's kind of circle back to... It, we talked about, like, the idea of parachain and all these different networks, but just on the Phantom, on the Opera network, we got to talk about Spooky Swap and Boo. Yeah, so if no one knows about Phantom, let's just start with Phantom. Um, really fast, really cheap, really scalable. Big threat. Real world... Um, <laughs> Big threat out there. Real <laughs> world use cases with uh, Afghanistan. Yep. They, they, they're, they're working on infrastructure projects where they're holding the data and they're transferring the data on their network for various countries that uh, they're kind of tied with the UN as well. Pakistani prisons. Pakistani prisons, yeah. 
And what sounds better is going to be Afghanistan. What they're doing? What, what are they doing in Afghanistan? Do you remember? Afghanistan, what they're doing is they are working with their healthcare system to yeah. Yeah, the healthcare. using blockchain technology to ensure the limit Dude. of like counterfeit drugs on uh, on the market. Yeah. When I was in um, business school, I met a guy who was a consultant for uh, one of the larger consultancy firms who was doing blockchain healthcare. Dude, when you get a distributed Digi farm. Digifarm? That's... And you were telling me about these biotech blockchains, and I'm like, yeah. Brian, dude, I think you might find some... What are the gems on your watch list? Let's just go straight to shilling. Because <laughs> then that'll fit nicely into my Erzdal rant. So, <laughs> um, so my background is biotech. I went to grad school in biotech, and I know about the drug development process a little bit. And so now you're getting... Uh, all these, uh, there's a huge data problem with all these new uh, softwares and uh, instruments to analyze or to all, do all this drug testing. And so now uh, they're incorporating blockchain into healthcare. Um, a couple of companies that I've been watching, uh, CTI, um, they use blockchain with uh, clinical, they have a clinical trials software. So it will let you know like how your clinical trials are doing. And so you can constantly monitor that. Um, Digifarm is uh, DPH is, uh, is more so for like healthcare uh, payments. And they also have, uh, they're doing stuff with Pakistan government and, uh, and, and those countries out there. That's actually what Phantom's doing for Afghanistan. They're making sure drugs aren't counterfeit as well. Like yeah. That's like their whole... No, like, and then there... It sounds a bit better than Pakistan. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, there's, a, there's like blockchain use cases for um, securing the supply chain so that you don't use like slave labor in Thailand and Vietnam. Like all of these third world countries, it, it reminds me of when I went to India and the thing was... In America, I grew up with, like, you know, computers, dial-up internet, and, like, crappy computers and better computers. In India, they never had anything, and then suddenly they had phones. And they were better at mobile phones than we were because they were mobile phone native. It's like, dude, these third-world countries need... We have institutions. We have good markets. We have banks that actually, like, do these transactions. In the third-world countries, blockchain is going to actually really revolutionize it. And then, I mean, this goes back to, like, the chain link and the Oracle stuff. In third world countries, you can't trust regulators or centralized anything. You want it all to be decentralized, and then you can just trust the technology. Yeah, I think a lot of the early use cases have are easier to implement in third world countries, one. And they're actually... Well, the value add is just yeah. giant. And then, two, it's easier to... I mean, one, it's easier to implement, two, and then there's a huge value add. Yeah. And we're seeing across all the all over the world, um, you know, different use cases, how it's helping their world countries. Well, and the issue is, and this is what I've talked about, and like, it's like a meme or like a thing on crypto Twitter where it's just like, this is the largest wealth transfer in the history of the world because the institutions for once are not allowed because in like developed economies... In the United States, institutions cannot invest in shitcoins. 
They can yeah. barely just start getting into Bitcoin and Chainlink and some of the more safe assets. Yeah. But the thing is, if you can get in and like, uh, not financial advice, if you can get in on an Erzdal, uh, we can yeah. front run the institutions. This is the first time in the fucking world that retail can get ahead of institutions because of the it's limits. What's Erzdal? Let's hear about Erzdal. What is it at? Our favorite coin on this podcast. I mean, well, Brian, what's the price? It's pulled back a little. Has it? It's pulled back like 10 cents off. It was at 130. Huh? What was that, 135? I think it's like 125. Anything above a dollar, I'm ecstatic. I mean, yeah. it's just, I'm, there's no looking back, but I'm, I'm kind of like shell-shocked at how happy I am about Erzdal. 1.36. What? Yeah. It bounced, dude. It's so volatile. But it's only volatile up. No, there's a oh, resistance. I had a new, also, I had a new high in the past 24 hours. Yeah. Yeah, it, was, it, was, it pushed 140. Before this weekend. It was 140? 150? No, it was 1.45, so if you round up. I need to Jesus. calm down. I need to calm down. I was 10 cents off on both ends, guys. I was, <laughs> I mean, it's just blowing my expectations. It doesn't everywhere. dip. It's not dipping. It's just like stabilizing and then no one sells blasting it. off. I'm not, I'm not even... So now let's not even ready for my Urzdal rant. So Urzdal, do you guys want to introduce it and then I'll go into the deep dive? Like you introduce it because I'm about to just splurge. Like I'm, it makes me so. Howie Wowie. Howie Wowie. Oh my gosh, you're gonna make me Wowie all over the place. So Urzdal is Unfederal Reserve. E R S D L is, you know, the ticker. And basically, it's a B2B uh, lending platform. And, uh, you know, that's basically what I tell people. And it's a way to, and I I mean, Daniel can talk more about this, but it's just the structure, the teamwork, and the leadership. They're just very transparent and... There's so many opportunities with that as a, you know, retail investor. I'm not trying to be a dick, but uh, Brian, after hearing you explain it, there's so much more and it, it, well, it irritated I, me. Let me, let me go yes, into my Erzdal Exactly. Rant. No, I was looking at you looking for more information because like, <sighs> I'm not the one to explain it. No, that was so basic. And I'm the thing sorry. Is, yeah. I'm, um, I'm I've got basic. a, I've got a, I've got a homie from business school. He works in, um, traditional finance. In Mexico, I, I hope that's not too specific. I don't. I don't want to dox him. <laughs> I probably that I is. I think that's okay. Little, it's that's okay. okay. We, we can add it. Well, we got all sorts of homies. We got we redacted homies. We like we can't. We I, never, I, we never yeah. went out. Yeah. Shame means go up. Yeah. Fuck. We're we're all over twenty-one. Yeah. Just open up something else. Yeah. But um, when it comes to Erzdal. I need to really start explaining it to everybody so they really understand because there's already decentralized lending and like Gabe, what are the decentralized, the DeFi lending things and like the staking things? There's, there's compound, there's Aave. I mean, what are the other ones? And those already blasted off like yearn. I mean, yeah, I don't really, yeah, I don't really use DeFi lending, but yeah, it's a, it's, it's huge. It's huge. It's huge. And then there's like no DeFi doubt. insurance and that's newer, I think, but... So yeah. we already had touched on this topic earlier where the institutions are not allowed to participate in the crypto markets because they are too... 
They have stakeholders. Yeah. Yeah. Like, for instance, we have, like, a, a friend who's, like, a financial advisor where it's, like, they're not allowed to advise on crypto, not allowed to, you know, um, give personal advice about what they're doing with their own things. And, I mean, I opened a corporate account for Crypto Sparta. Wells Fargo wanted to charge me extra for dealing with cryptocurrencies. I can't move it in and out of a bank. If you and were. one of the most frequently asked questions by people that get into crypto is, is this legal? If you work for People are scared. They legitimately, the everyday person, I've got like friends of friends is friends is moms being like, I'm interested, but I'm scared. But like, I would like to pay you to give me advice. And I'm like, I'll give you advice. And they're like, is this legal? Like, is this a scam? And I'm like, cryptocurrency is the future of technology and this and that. And then it just goes over their head and they're like, yeah, but am I going to get in trouble? <laughs> mm -hmm. But how do I take the money out? I swear. Yeah. How do I take the money out? And is this legal? It's are so like funny the how two it's, biggest like, it's like people hear about the money. It's like, oh, but can you like take it out? And it's like, well, why would like, anybody you... in the world do it if you could? Like, like, how would that make any sense? And it's you like, it's... people have, Bitcoin's been around for a long time. There's been a lot of people that have made a lot of money off Bitcoin. How do you think Bitcoin would be so hyped if, if, if there weren't people that went in and out and got money? And lived good lives. That doesn't make sense. That's like a question. <laughs> it's the most, Gabe, I'm trying to do like a retail platform for like, and people told me, just go to businesses, just do consulting to businesses. And I was like, I just want to give out knowledge for free. And I think it's some way down the line, I'll be able to monetize it. But personally, my crypto is doing well enough and I'm on unemployment, so I can chill. <laughs> so why not? build a business with my homies and like help other people learn how to get in on this while it's still early. Yeah. And this is like a weird, another point that I didn't put on the outline, but I wanted to talk about yeah, was, um, dude, the other countries in the world, it feels like, like everybody, like my friends, my friends, friends, you know, people are hearing about it. Parents are hearing about it. Like, you know, in America, people are hearing about it. It's like a rumor and they're all excited. Do you guys realize that in foreign countries, they just have no clue? I talked to my family in Colombia. They were like, I, I've heard about it once or twice, but I don't understand it. I'm like, this is consuming my life. I'm building a business. I'm yeah. all in. How have you not heard about it? And they're like, I don't know, man, dude. I just do my job. And like, I haven't heard about, I mean, I heard about cryptocurrencies. Like, what's up? It's actually And then you hear like the random retail person who's like, so what do you think about Doge? And I'm like. Haven't you been reading white papers on Twitter and aren't you? <laughs> Doge. Doge. Access to technology. Yeah. It's different yeah. in other parts of the world. No, and, and then people just, they also ask, so where can I learn? And it's like, bro, it's 2021. Like, there's no yeah. internet. <laughs> no, right? <laughs> and people are like, but I can't just <laughs> learn things. And dude, you guys, like, I feel like I kind of helped you get in, but... <laughs> We can talk about it. I would talk about it every week. How would you tell the basic investor how to get in? Yeah, so like like my parents or my family or older people, I just tell them to like 
Buy Bitcoin and Ethereum, and you know, because that's all they can really stomach anyway, for the most part. Maybe like my parents can't them. even go that far. Like, yeah, like, they yeah. like they don't think it's stable. It's like don't if you invest. convince further, maybe you can get them into like BNB or like maybe like a little money into like a smaller vault <clears> on like <throat> potential. Yeah, you, you know the funniest thing that, though, the yeah. argument of like it's not stable. It's like it's supposed to be a store of value like gold, so it should be stable. And it's like. Oh, sorry. Bitcoin's been appreciating in value through the roof. Dude, all right. So this is this is my opinion. I, I think that's like the dumbest comparison of all time. Gold and Bitcoin. Yeah. It really is. And, dumb. and here's why. Like, if you compare gold to Bitcoin over the past ten years, like I don't know if you could find like two different performing asset classes and like returns. Yeah. Gold's been flat. Bitcoin's been like the best. Like, how how, do you, how can you really compare those? Unless you're saying this is like a gold rush, but like I don't really think that's exactly what it is. So you know what I think, and it's like a really weird, crazy argument. Fiat currencies are the actual Dutch tulip craze. The Dutch tulip craze is not Bitcoin. My it's dad is like cryptos. Are, you don't know what the oh, you don't know. Your like way back when people went crazy over Dutch. Yeah, like so Dutch tulips, like it was a huge bubble. It was like one of like the biggest bubbles okay. in like recorded history. Gotcha. Like, people like, would sell tulips. their house to buy a few bulbs. Wow. Yeah. Or even this meaningless. No yeah. offense to Dutch tulips, like. And then they cl- yeah, and no, then it collapsed. Like, you ever been, like, been to the Netherlands? Smitty, Smitty, you ever been to the Netherlands? What? You ever been to the Netherlands? No, I'm not been. No. The tulips are beautiful. I mean, I'm sure they're great. I'm sure they're great. Sure you go great. to Amsterdam, you know, you like are walking around down the canals and you see a tulip. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad there's no flowers. It's there. worth a I'm lot. I mean, maybe worth more than the Bitcoin. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry to get off topic. Man, there, there, there's better flower in Denver. But Bitcoin, uh, yeah. Yeah, but, but go ahead, Brian. No, what you were saying, where you were saying how Bitcoin isn't the, you know, Dutch tulip craze, but um, yeah, it's just difficult to um, to talk to people about Bitcoin in general because they just think it's dude. Wrong. And then try to tell people about Erzdal. They don't get dude. And you know what that Erzdal did wrong? It's not an easy thing to pronounce. Yeah, people are making yeah, fun I of the agree. name. I totally, I totally agree. The name's kind of brutal. My my uh, my dad <laughs> has been killing it with the Urzdal, and then my aunt was like, "Yeah, your your dad told me about the Urzdal." <laughs> like she just garbled it, and I swear she did like three different pronunciations. Yeah, like Urzdal, Urzdal, or like like, and she was throwing in random letters, and it's just like, it's the same with my last name, like it's like P R E U S, and they're like. Prius. Prius. You already go over what Erzdal is? Yeah. No, we haven't. You probably want to do yeah. that, dude. You can talk about it a lot. But the thing is, Gabe, I think with... I, I wanted to, like, give a base of, like... Can you explain the idea of DeFi? Oh, the idea of DeFi? I have, like, I have like, like, a, I have like, a friend that, like, is in finance that I wish could explain it. But, like, we we got to try to do our best. I'll try. Um, so, so, like... Financing things, I mean, it's pretty much loans, right? And then, yes. so it's basically a decentralized loan. It's just somebody giving you a loan without, like, it going through a centralized party. I mean, it's that. Which would be a bank. Sure, right? yeah. yeah. Is, is that a good enough explanation? Because that's about all I can do. It's a gross <laughs> oversimplification. <Yeah. laughs> but let's play with that. And I mean, 
dude, it's gonna be hard because I I go into things and I'm like, I'm sure people are gonna be like, you're, you're not explaining. Well, Erzdal is looking to do both large and small loans. And we've already discussed how institutions are not allowed to participate in cryptocurrencies. Basically, the basic idea is that Erzdal has a CEO, Howard Krieger, Howie Wowie. Shout out Howie Wowie. Um, this guy worked at, so I was looking at his LinkedIn. I'm connected with him on LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah, I'm a first connection with Howie Wowie. Uh, he worked for Wells Fargo. He was in charge of uh, home mortgages. I think he also worked for like Goldman Sachs. This guy's connected. They've been building this platform where instead of doing decentralized loans to like the small guy, you know, you or me, Erzdal is looking to do decentralized loans to large banks and companies. If you look at, and then this is where like, shout out Asade, shout out business school, because you have to actually look at markets. Are you it, worried about the government at all? This is why I'm so bullish. There have been, and Brian, I mean, the guy on the Telegram, he was all like upset that he was like, was I snarky for saying you don't pay attention to the news? Come no, on. it's just, yeah. was that was that really a different funny. topic. That was funny. <laughs> it was funny. He took it personally, but I was like, if you pay attention to the news, Erzdal has mentioned that they have the blessings of the SEC. The thing is, this guy is into traditional finance. He's a Wall Street guy. They've been working on creating partnerships with giant lending platforms. And the thing is, it's hard to impress upon people the scale that you're looking at, where they announced a partnership with El Capitan. They do $100 billion in loans a year. And so if anyone wants to borrow from Erzdal, which through the use of technology and blockchain will have many people providing liquidity like us, because I want a steak. You guys want a steak? I want a steak. I want a sure. steak. Yeah, let's get a big juicy steak. Um, <laughs> people are going to be giving money to Erzdal to lend out. But the thing is, Right now, in decentralized finance and blockchain, no one is allowed to lend to institutions. And institutions aren't allowed to borrow from decentralized finance. Erzdal is going to create the bridge where they start providing decentralized loans to institutional players on a grand scale. And the reason is because they have the blessing of the SEC and Howard Krieger is an insider that has yeah. already created a platform that, and the thing is, I, I, I used to work in tech or I, I well, whatever. The That's amount not. of, the amount of tech services and the cost of yeah. integrating with the financial systems and making everything regulatory compliant, what Erzdal has built from what they've told on the internet is hard to wrap your head around where they are integrating with traditional technology systems like Oracle, like SAP. 
it will be a traceable amount of funds that they loan. And then they have two products. I believe it's called Thunder and Lightning. Businesses, the way they run, uh, it's very complicated how they do loans and like uh, taking care of interest. But businesses take out giant loans, you know? Yeah. Like billions, billions. Yeah. They're looking to do those big giant loans at better interest rates because, dude, if it's just technology, there's no middlemen. You're not paying for offices, overhead. You know what I mean? They're going to yeah. beat Wells Fargo. They're going to beat U.S. Bank. And then those are these giant loans. But also they say unfederal reserve and the federal reserve mainly does overnight lending. And these are called like flash loans. So like I'm running a business right now. I've taken out some loans or I've, I've put in big chunks of money, but also there's working capital rather than like, you know, um, CapEx, like capital expenditure, there's operational expenditure. You just have like, oh, dude, I got to pay for this, that. I got to buy a microphone. I got to pay this one random person yeah. that's going to help me for a day. So these are called flash loans where every day there's like random people asking for loans. Yeah. And uh, Erzdal is both going to do giant, large loans. And they're loaning not to everyday people. They're loaning to banks and large corporations. Yeah. And then they're also going to be do this overnight lending and they're looking to do better rates than the federal reserve. Yeah. And I always like comparing it to game of Thrones. If any of you guys have listened to game of Thrones or watched game of Thrones, there's the iron bank and the federal reserve is the iron bank. And technically it's not supposed to be in cahoots with the government because it's supposed to be independent, but that's bullshit. Exactly. Everybody in the government knows that they can ask for as big of a loan as they want. And they argue that it should be less, but whatever, dude. They're printing money like crazy. I mean, Gabe, what's it at now? How much did they print? 26% of the fucking total? I've heard some crazy numbers about how much money has been printed. I don't really know what's true and what's not. I've also heard crazy statistics, like, something like more money has been put into the stock market and, like, the first, like, four months of this year than, like, the last, like, two years. or There's just crazy numbers I'm hearing coming out. It's, it's I, don't know how, I don't know how true they are. It's hard to believe. But it's like, hard to believe these numbers. I'll go back into... I'll go back into the... Because I took a little break. I'll go back into the Erzdor rant because I haven't even really yeah. begun to impress yeah, upon you what's happening. Why is the token so valuable? What's the... So... Ave and Compound and Wi-Fi, there are DeFi that are giving out people loans, but they have no way to tap into the actual retail market. They give loans to just regular everyday people, but these things are worth billions of dollars. But Erzdal is looking to be regulatory compliant and to integrate with traditional finance software to make it easy for businesses and banks to get loans from them. And they're looking to shave off because of the efficiencies of blockchain percentages. So they're looking to eat up the market of B2B. So I believe I looked the other day 
Um, business to consumer, B2C lending is about, I believe, $10 billion. I be- or, or whatever, it's X. Business to business lending is, I believe, like 40 times, like order of magnitude. Like, oh, yeah. It's Definitely. way yeah. bigger. Definitely. And there are no institutions that are allowed to participate in decentralized finance. By, the, by how the laws are structured? Exactly. Yeah. But what I believe to be true is that they are regulatory compliant. There will be no Ripple bullshit. No. And then this is the bear case, is that, oh, it's going to be like something like Ripple. And then they're like, but straight up, Howie said, he was like, I talked to the SEC. And then you have to follow the yeah, breadcrumbs. Yeah, but dude, that's the problem, because our XRP said the same thing. We talked to the SEC, and they came after him anyway. Well, so XRP dumped. All of the developers dumped their... And then Howie has come out with a very specific term sheet. I mean, Brian... What is it that they, they have a certain developer wallet, they're only allowed to, and this is the tokenomics of Erzdal. No, so can I jump in here? Yeah. Is that the thing about Howie is that he's very transparent in everything about, you know, what they want to do about, they've posted an article in Medium. And so on their Medium page, they have these different articles regarding safety and, you know, what they're doing with their developer wallets, how there's no, there's no, um, there's no, you know, shady activity and how they're doing it. And so, um, uh, so, um, yeah, so they're so transparent in that, you know, what they're doing in, for the staking is that they only have, they're using their own you know, wallets, you know, to fund the staking, to circulate it back to the people. I mean, that's, that's a, that's a basic interpretation, but this is a bit of a tangent, but it's pertinent. Cause I just had a homie ask me, what do you think about safe moon again today? <laughs> it's a meme coin. We can, we can, we can, no, I mean, maybe you can make money. Maybe you can make money. But the thing is, trash it or not? No, we're not. I mean, no, the thing is, I don't like to comment on other coins besides the ones that I shill. And I only shill probably Lincoln or and it's not financial advice. Have we said it enough times? You're a big phantom shiller. Well, I used to be, and then I wasn't. And then I was Solana's better. Well, no, dude, the crazy thing is, dude, it was, it was, it's such a problem that I was so bullish on uh, Phantom and I hit like a six X and then it just didn't move. And then I got bored with it. And it was like, it was like the old toy that you throw away. Like, you know, like toy story. Like, why did I throw away this old toy? It's a great toy. I love Phantom. I shilled it, but then I didn't. Don't worry, I kept shilling it, even even. No, the, even but I flipped. Time. The thing is, I felt like it was a betrayal. You sold it. I when I sell. flipped, my, no, I, I didn't sell. sell all of it, but you I flipped some. I've never I sold, sold some into Urzdal, so sold I don't any. feel that bad about it. That's true. It's gone up a lot. Exactly. So my decision overall actually outperformed. Well, you should. I just gotten more money though, and just use it separately and not sold Phantom. Yeah. Because you lost money on the transactions and the taxes that you didn't have to lose. But I want to get back to uh, the Erzdal, or no, 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 the, um, the Safe Moon discussion, where you, you have to look at the tokenomics, where it's like, 
Brian was talking about how Howie is very transparent. But the thing is, the way that scams work, <laughs> these scam coins, is that a developer makes a coin and he gives himself 90% of the wallet and he puts 10% out for float. And if that goes up, he can dump super hard on your ass and just disappear. That is what's cool about it, is they have the limits of exactly. how much the insiders can sell. Can you explain it? Can you explain it? Yeah, I saw that. So yeah, basically, like, the insiders, like, they claim they, I mean, obviously, there's no way to really hold them to this, but they claim they will never sell more than, I think, 25 25K coins in a day or something. No, dollars. 25 Wow, yeah. Thousand dollars. So yeah, that's a pretty big deal. The, so they can't sell very much of the cap. No, and they're the locked into huge. 2022. The cap, they can't even sell until 2022. The cap swelled to, what, 300 million now? So now we're at the and point so, where 25K is chump change. And this is so, so if they hold to that, they can never take the price. I swear, is, if Andrew were here, he'd be like, you guys keep talking about cap. What does cap mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a market. It's how much there is. How much? Is yeah, we're just joking about Andrew. And so this is with the top three wallets, the owners, like Howie, uh, Ryan Medlin, and then uh, Ryan Thompson. They're, they can't dump on you. They can't dump on you, and they won't. And let, they wouldn't. They're just not those and type they of people. They don't let the you know the the developer wallets. The, you know the people who you know. We've been working on this project. They have their own wallets, and, and they, they are locked in, uh, and they don't even have that much as far as they they're very transparent. Of what what's this wallet address? How many does this wallet have? We transferred this amount of money from this wallet to the next wallet, no. and there's only like sixty thousand dollars worth yeah. in all of these wallets. Yeah. And all of these are in a public ledger that you can track. Exactly. Can just, yes. And I believe they've uh, exposed the developer. They're just the most transparent team in crypto. Yes. By far. Like, and they spell it out for you, A, B, C. Because, you know, there's a lot of like, like Solana, they do these crazy airdrops, but they just tell you spur of the moment. And then you got to rush to your fucking computer. And Urgil, they're like, we're going to give you staking in like a week. Like prepare yourself. Single-sided staking. Yeah. Yeah, so we're, they're going to need our, they want to to run their platform. They need our, our the, all the holders' liquidity to, you know, provide for, to, to run the platform. And as a reward for lending your tokens. You get Urzdal back. You get Urzdal back. And so right now, the thing we're, why we're so excited about Urzdal is that they've, you know, released this article uh, on Medium. Uh, saying what their return is for single side staking, and the benefit of single side staking too is that you don't risk in permanent loss. Yeah, you don't risk in permanent loss with um, just regular uh, uh, LP staking. But I mean, my LP staking for Phantom is killing it. Yeah, I've made quite a bit. So I mean, I don't, I don't talk about in real numbers, just percentage wise. But this is a a, a little side note that I really want to talk about because. The, the the homie that like can't be on that it like advises about finances has been finding some gems of staking where you get crazy APY. But what you need to understand is that it's not just free money because the thing is, what you're doing is that you're increasing the supply. You're running on you're fueling the ecosystem. Exactly. And then that's the thing is people are like, there's somebody out there who is like Oh, dude, you think single-sided staking is going to be good for the price of Urzdal? 
And it's like, yeah, you're increasing the supply that's tradable because they've set aside. You're gonna need to do that anyway. They've set aside 30% of the ecosystem. And that's what's going to be funding the APY because people are like, where's this money coming They're from? They're definitely going to need to produce more. It's all from what the developers are actually giving back. Yes. And the 30% is going to be exactly. Uh, and then people are like, well, the supply is going to increase. And so then that's going to drive down if, you know, supply, demand, the price will drop. But at the they end of the day, that until it's already shut good. up, dude. Earth will yeah. go to the fucking moon. Hey. Well, no, so, well, that's just, they'll just use the they'll just use those to like slow it down and make it more healthy. So and there's just... so there's these votes going on too. As token holders, you get the benefit on votes on what they decide to do as a company, and so there's a lot of talk on. Um, these are like the DAOs and the governance stuff. Yeah, you so, can vote if you have like coins and stuff. So they're thinking about going on a tier one exchange, which is you know Coinbase or Gemini. <sighs> Which will be, you know, you know, increased access. Dude, I heard, I heard it hit TikTok. And so I heard there are some TikTok people. In the last few days, Urzel's finally getting hyped, uh, which gonna, is hilarious. Yeah, last few days. As a token holder, you're gonna able to decide which, you know, tier one exchange that you want. They, you should, you think Urzel should be in. And there is also a, a vote going on whether uh, to keep their max supply at, you know, 475 million or even make it lower to increase the value of what's ever already been circulated. So that's why we're so bullish on another. I think like a really good indicator, and this might be wrong, but the fact that only, I think you said earlier, 11,000 wallet holders. Yeah. And the fact that there hasn't really been a, like a real retrace ever in earth, like the biggest one ever was like, 20% maybe it's just it's just no one's selling this coin you can track and there's it. no hype there's no like like no one knows about this coin it's so early like it's there's... I wish I wish Danny was here for talking about RVP like we should just stop S and Urzel's D but um yeah but no we can get back into the Urzel because the thing is what people really and I really haven't imp- people just see the number go up. They just look at the charts. Yeah. They really don't understand that um, Erzdal has traditional finance behind it. They are going to, they have a very strong technical team and a strong leadership group. They have regulatory compliance. And then the technical team is integrating with traditional finance software. I, I personally sold finance software. It's a giant business. If they can integrate, they're basically creating a pipeline between traditional finance and businesses and banks, but they're also tapping into crypto and they're doing it way more efficiently. And the thing is, if they can shave off uh, a pico percent from the Federal Reserve, and that's literally what they call themselves is the unfederal reserve. And I, I don't know. It, it, my, 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 my dad was upset with me when I said, uh, if you guys remember um, Tiger King? Yeah. yeah. Where there was that one guy where he was like, uh, well, technically I'm a libertarian, so fuck the feds. <laughs> <laughs> I posted a meme about that. And my dad was like, you shouldn't be talking shit about the government. I was like, Dude, the Federal Reserve is yeah. loaning the government you way too much money. Them. You shouldn't be. It's hard not to, but you shouldn't be. I, yeah, and that's also <laughs> what my lawyer told me. My homie was like, 
Because he was like, I, I was like, I'm part of the, the Federal, Federal Reserve. Reserve. Great the guys. Federal, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Iron <laughs> Bank has your best interests. <laughs> hey, let's fund more wars to drop bombs on brown <laughs> well, people I'm not, I'm not on the other to, side of the I'm fucking world. <laughs> yeah, no, but um, I mean, as I was saying, <laughs> uh, no. Erzdal is tapping into a giant market, and I believe that they'll easily beat traditional finance. Traditional finance is so far behind, inefficient. If you just have a good group of developers, and this is like has always been what I've been working in, is arbitrage of very intelligent Indian developers and then charging for their work, which is worth way more in America or on, in, on the world scale. Dude, seriously, Erzdal can create a platform that will beat out U.S. Bank, Wells Fargo. Why are we paying these CEOs? Why are we paying the everyday? Why are they paying rent? Why are they building buildings? Dude, just get a pack of nerds and let's just do a software that's better. I feel like you're teeing me up for another anti-bank rant, but I did that last episode. Well, there's a do, it of, there's do it again. Do it again. Banks are... Banks are... Yo, it took me weeks to get a corporate account, and then they were just like, if you deal with crypto, we're going to charge you a lot. <laughs> and I had to promise them that I wouldn't deal with crypto with that account. So it's only for accepting dollars, and I'm like, this is dumb. Why don't I just do a full crypto business? But you have to deal with the government. And then you're like, okay, why don't I just renounce my citizenship and move to a foreign country? And then now we're getting political where it's like government tyranny, libertarian, like... If you're like keeping all your money in a bank, you're basically just giving away your money. It's really dumb. And what we, what I wanted to talk <laughs> about... What's better, your mattress? I had told him... No, no. It's almost Smithy, is. Smithy, at least you're not giving Smithy, them free money. We make a hedge fund and we get all of the boomers... <laughs> Oh, we, yeah. we get all of the we get all of the boomers to take the money sitting in their bank accounts and we stake it in their stable CDs, coins yeah. and we take two percent. We give them eight percent. We give them eight percent a year and they smile. In your CD, you're only getting one point five percent. CDs are trash. Not gonna Savings accounts are trash. That's not even going to beat inflation. Yeah. So we can put it. It's kind of like putting it under your mattress or in your wall. It's kind of what it's like. It's kind of like putting it under your mattress and having <laughs> rats nibble it. It's like having like animals just the shoe eat box, it. The shoebox. Yeah, no, but having it rot. Yeah. Having mold and having you lose dollars because you just stored it there. 10% of a million is a lot if you can just put that in a stable coin. Just live off passive income. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm all about the downshift. I've already told you guys, like, I'm going to be a digital nomad once this <laughs> Beijing Biden money starts running out. <laughs> Dale's heading out to the Philippines, some random island. I um, mean, Malta's nice. <laughs> Malta. You can catch me in Colombia. You can catch me in Mumbai. I'll be around. I gotta go see some friends in Barcelona. Um, how do you want to end this though, Gabe? I think we should do some shills and then a forward-looking outcast. And I think we we got like. Well, j- can I can I close on Urzla or just like why we're so bullish? Is that when you when you're even looking at a coin, you you got to do your own research, and you know obviously they have the information available for you. And then I'll give you the opposite, dude. Danny, Danny White, the white boy. Uh-huh. He um, he just showed me something that he found on Twitter, 
Twitter is he, actually low-key a really great resource. And it, it, it jumped through the roof. He had made like 80% on the day. Did he get it? But I was like, this is still early and I bought in and I got like 40% in a day as well. It just kept going through the roof. So Brian, you're, and this is like, I've been trying to explain the meme to people where you take the people from the right side of the spectrum and the left side and the people in the middle, they're just too rational. You need, you either need to be really smart and see what's going on in the future but also, if you just ape into Doge, you also make money. Yeah. So sure. that's why I don't like I to talk. I Doge, but I had to buy it. I, I have some as well. I had to buy it. But the you, thing you, is, you can't let your feelings get in the way of the money. Dude, you need to talk to like... <laughs> you, can't, you can't like I do and you get screwed. But you, can't do that. you can't do it. But you, not, you need to talk to like some like other end of the... And I don't want to call them, but I will call them. Like, dude, it's, it's white boy, whatever. Low end of the spectrum, homies. You got to talk to them and be like, they just hear different things. Like the everyday person is not in this crypto bubble. And, but the everyday person hears about Doge and is like, dude, I heard Doge is going up. And I was like, what are you talking about? I'm like tracking like the link daily, like whatever. Like I'm super into like new projects and they're like, bro, dude, like I heard everyone's getting Doge on Robinhood. And there's just two different worlds. Yep. But that other world, if you get in early on Safe Moon, if you get early on Doge, it's not a scam if you make money. That's scams the pump the hardest. Yeah, scams, scams pump the hardest. Pump the hardest. <laughs> not scam. Not financial advice. Yeah, yeah, not financial advice. <laughs> Dude, yeah, definitely. Do, do we want to know some shills though? It's yeah, we should fun. chill. We yeah. should chill. Who who wants to go first? Do I have you to go, go first? Yeah, go. All right, start with some sure winners. Binance, Pancake Swap. Uniswap. Those are the heavy hitters. Matic. Um, Those are the lar- large caps. Engine coin. Matic. Is it um, Matic or Matic? Matic. Matic. Polygon Matic. Polygon Matic, yeah. What else do we got? Urzel, of course. Still early. Get in. Um, yeah. Maybe. Or May 6th. That's when the the single dude. It's gonna pop before the SSS. I'm gonna step out on the ledge a little and say boo because that stuff's really uh taking off on the on the metrics on the numbers. It's looking like it's catching on. Because you can't getting quickly. You can't Uh, just see it on Coinbase. You can't just search. Yeah, it's not even charting, but it's getting a lot of traction, which I didn't know. Super early, it would. Very. All these things are like you know Uh, what I actually hunt for is the things that I don't hear anybody talking about. You want to go then? What What are yours, dude? Boo! No one's talking about it. You're gonna back her at boo. Yeah, the Phantom Network. I forgot ETH too. ETH's a good one. <laughs> so, and the thing is, I don't actually. I've been asking because I just don't have enough mental energy to like really keep track of everything. I want to have somebody be like a designated like Solana watcher. I like Solana. I like Solana, but dude, have you looked at Cope Rope and all the other Solana? I hear their UI sucks. Like it's super it's so hard. So bad. It's yeah, so bad. Dude, like people have been turned off. It by looks Solana like it looks like because, some 2014 shit. Yeah, because it's so like. There are some really Do you smart care people. If you make money, they're really anti-Solana and they're really like still on. Board I mean, that's theory. all about adoption. They still think it's, if it's better. hard to use, people aren't gonna use it. Well, people still like all these like re- like people who actually develop on Ethereum are saying people are not gonna be leaving Ethereum for Solana yeah. just because Ethereum's way better to use. 
pretty much. Well, I <laughs> wish I could hit up my um, homie from Madison that's a developer, because he told me about trying to develop on Ethereum. Yeah. And he said it was also not very good. Yeah, like, probably. I think there is going to be an <laughs> no Ethereum one's good, killer. Yeah. No, no one's like, good, yeah. Ethereum is not... If you compare it to... But I mean, actual, I don't know how you can sit on everything's built on Ethereum. It's like... Well, the thing It's is, like everything else must be worse than Ethereum, then. Because the, why is everyone still the on argument, Ethereum? The argument <laughs> between centralized and decentralized is super weird because it's like, well, you're decentralized, but a certain person or a party could take over 51%. And that's the idea of a 51% attack. So it's like, would you rather have Binance, which is a bit more efficient, and you just have one person in... But Binance has been having a shortage of problems recently. Which is, I think, is hilarious. Like a week ago, Binance was looking way better than ETH in my yeah. use case, and now all of a sudden it's like, well, is it? Because now it's getting all this traffic that it can't handle. You know, it's, it's just. That's going with back ETH and forth. Dude, and Solana's getting more traffic, and Phantom's getting more traffic, and it's going to be a fucking race to see yeah. who can do. The, the idea at the center of everything is that. How many transactions can you do, and how much money can you put through? Phantom feels ready for Urzel its two x Urzel is about here. money. I didn't Phantom, Phantom is about transactions. Phantom feels ready for its for a two x here. Dude, Phantom's at almost all time highs over eighty, so it's back. I know. Yeah, I, I just got the pancake swap number one volume. I know. I, I know it's doing good volume. I like pancake swap. I have a lot of pancake. Did I not shield pancake swap? That's my bad. I, mean, I, I definitely have a lot of pancake swap. Probably my fifth. You know what the thing is about the green? Devils? I have a lot of pancake swap. The thing swap. is about when when you get all these green candles <laughs> or cake. Green all numbers. you gotta do is it's just like anything works, and it's like okay, what's actually gonna outperform, Gabe? Tell me what's gonna be your highest performing coin. You mentioned a lot of shills. Urzel. Yeah, I know. I was about to yeah. say the same thing. Urzel's yeah, the hot the. Hot. Like pancake swap, like, yeah. dude, and then honestly, what are your phantom. targets? Because like <laughs> pancake swap, maybe boo, maybe boo, yeah, maybe, maybe boo. boo, yeah. But what are you gonna get? Like 25-50 percent short term of what? I mean, so oh, well. I've got some low cap. I got some low cap gems. I'm willing to shill. Like RV, Ryan, you go first. Caps. You go first. I've heard of RVP and liquidity, but those are definitely both a little sketch. RVP, pop, and ig. Well, yeah, I mean, those are the hot ones. That yeah, exactly. On Liquidity is a new one that no one's really So, Brian, I, I just gave my shield. You tell me your shield. I mean, I'm still pretty bullish on labs as far as real estate, NFTs, and owning, you know, slivers of real estate. You know what my thing is, though, Brian? I believe that they're not strong enough, and there's going to be a stronger real estate blockchain competitor. They're not dominating. They're not like, dominating, exactly. but they're first I, movers to figure it out. Yeah, but I there's mean, the, they're not, not a strong first mover. I feel like they're not like Urzo level, but they have a, a you know experienced team. Like they're in like hotel resorts kind of business. So should we chit chat a little bit about RVP though? Sure. They do have a team. They do have a team. Have you seen the team? Yeah, I posted it on the Telegram. Yeah, they got a nice website. They got nice team. They got Goldman Sachs guys, like... And I mean, in my mind, you know, I think that this space has just started. RVP is looking to disrupt Facebook. They yeah. want to be blockchain Facebook where you take back your own data privacy. I think that's a huge That's something market. to need. Yeah. That, that uh, business is a, that's a genius idea. I don't know if they can execute, 
Dude, I, dude, I've been fucked Facebook since launch. I know. know. And since then they launched. I it's going to be shit. real hard to displace. Dude, and like, they were just at Harvard? Yeah, they are shit all the way, bro. Whoever, I mean, I wanna, whoever, I can, whoever can solve that, whoever can solve that problem of fuck Facebook is going to be a fucking I want to profit off my own trillionaire. Like, I, like, and that's basically taking Well, that's, like, Ocean data. and, like, uh, Deese and, like, Bat. Well, like, but, but still, yeah. that's the same thing as I RVP. mean, I agree with it. Yeah, I agree with it. RVP is... I use S'more. I use the S'more app where my phone, when I turn it on and off, it's an ad, but I get money. Yeah. Brian, you got some shills for us to wrap it well, up? Well, I got labs, and then I'm a big uh, UTU I trust Oracle. I don't even know about it's that one, about but I've seen it. Trust you're Oracle, you're, like the you're an Oracle guy? Company? No, 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 it's okay, like good. trust Oracles, okay. like similar to like Chainlink. Uh, I don't want to trust, trust Oracle. No, so okay, it's like good. you get. <laughs> it's all about like okay. getting reviews because Yelp, like things off reviews off Yelp, are easily manipulated, and so. You oh, know, this is just like veracity as well. Veracity is more streaming, but UTU is more like, uh, you know. Brian knows. You get, you get. Uh, Brian's fresh in the game. He knows. He's just a couple. You of get reviews in, on stuff from your, you know, your uh, connections. So let's say you know Daniel uses this. It's like a decentralized link. Yelp or something. Yeah. So you let's say you have a cleaning link it's a that trust you thing? like to use. Yeah. Yes. So wow, you can that is a crazy you can write a case. really good review, and then you know you can say approve that you know you can use my review, and I'm connected. I see that Daniel likes this cleaning lady, and it's you know he uses this a lot, and I want to you know based on your recommendation, I get to I want to use your, your the cleaning lady they use. So it's basically they already have a use case with uh, taxi services in uh, Nigeria. In those third world countries. It's always the third world countries. So that's, that's like your test case, even like that, petri dish. Even that is like very valuable because, you know, if you go to all these developing countries, you're scared to get into a car. You don't want to get kidnapped or, you know, somewhere where someone can just kidnap you. If you have a trusted, you know, source that is giving you information on these taxi companies, like your safety is going to go up. So oh, that's that's dude. That's gonna dude. UTU those countries are I dangerous. Like, yeah. yeah, that's a huge. I, I heard about how RSR is happening in Venezuela. Yeah, I mean I chilled it before, but yeah. I even don't really understand it. But I just heard the idea is protecting socialist company or countries from uh, high inflation. inflation yeah. easily manipulated currencies. Yeah, and so I mean all those things I appreciate, but yeah. So that's my like show that I've. I'm looking to like get into because I U T U Utu Utu. Let's let's wrap it up at that. Spinny, you want to uh, cap it off? But good shit, guys. See you it's next a, week. Yeah, this is the Crypto Sparta. It's a good Crypto Sparta podcast. <laughs> I'm gonna go take a piss. <laughs> I, I think, peace. I think, I think that's the new way we end it. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's how we always end it. <laughs>